Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, your buddy Blender Ed, Blender HD on Twitter if you want to follow me there. This is the show where we go over last night's slate. We take a little bit of a review of, uh, of some top players, some uh, some people that may have won a bunch of money last night. And uh, we take a, a preview, somewhat of a preview, of today's slate, which uh, it's a 10-game slate, 730, 7.30 start lock Eastern time, which is kind of weird for a 10-game slate. But we have a lot of bunched games together, a lot of 7.30, 8 o'clock games together, so that's good. Uh, and it's a 10-game slate, so that's uh, even more likelihood that there be shenanigans. I think, uh, I think primarily we're focusing on the Warriors today with Curry as highly doubtful and Oubre as pretty doubtful. Uh, so most likely your lineups will have some Warriors, which ones they are, who knows? Who knows? But we'll talk a little bit about that. But as, as always, I answer your strategy questions. We talk a lot about strategy. We go off on tangents a lot of times here, right? Because I care about the people in the YouTube chat. I say, hey, Mr. Meat Plow's back. Meat Plow's back. DFS, Zarge, Apocalypse, Daniel Hutchins, Max Coach One, Card Fan, Michael Payne, DJ Cicero, Matt Mears, John Johnson, Druard27, Stephen Martin, Dot Tom, Dot Tom. He's here also. So uh, feel free to post your, your questions, your comments. You chat amongst yourselves. A lot of times people answer each other's questions in the YouTube chat. If you're not here live, you could always listen on the podcast feed. You just go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Search for uh, Roto-Grinders DFS pregame show. Subscribe to that. Rate and review it on iTunes. And if you're on YouTube, you know what to do right now in the beginning of the show. Keep my apple juice cold. I got my apple juice for casual Fridays. It's a casual apple juice. So uh, hit that thumbs up button, the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live for a casual Friday. It's casual. We're always casual here, right? We're casual here. Uh, what what happened? What happened yesterday? What happened yesterday? Well, yesterday I, I, I did well in cash, right? DK DraftKings is finally in the green. Two good days in a row, or three good days in a row, I think. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, now three in a row. Three, four of the past five. We've dug ourselves out of a hole on DraftKings. Uh, made a little bit of profit on FanDuel. Michael Bridges, the end of the game, kind of killed that. That could have been so much more. Uh, I mean, I, I would, I was going to cash on FanDuel anyway, uh, but just the, the the dollar amount. Like Michael Bridges, 40 points on FanDuel kind of took away like $1,000. Uh, but DraftKings, very well. Uh, so we're, we're at all-time high. All-time high, almost up to 23000 Right here, you can see here in the chart, see? See, just like the stock market, we got support. We did technical analysis. We draw these little lines and the support like down there. And then on the resistance on the top or something, I don't know. Does that matter? Does technical analysis matter for the stock market? Who knows? Uh, But we're at an all-time high right now in the green on all three sites. Uh, Doing doing well. Yesterday, yesterday was, uh, was, Conley was out. So we, we had uh, the Jazz, the Jazz guys. A lot of people played Clarkson. He did horribly. But Ingles crushed. Ingles chalk completely destroyed. And then we got uh, the, the guards for the, the Knicks yesterday. Quickly was out. Peyton was out. Rivers was out. I don't know. He's been out. So basically, they, they started Burks, Barrett, and uh, Frank Nilakina. N- Nitilakina? Nitilakina? 
How do you pronounce that? I have no idea. Tilakiner? Do you pronounce the N? Is it a silent N or a silent T? It's one. Well, in the first half, he was kind of silent no matter what. I think he had one and a quarter points after the first half, but then he got going. Uh, scored 22 points, which is decent for his. I mean, it was min price. That's a little over 7X. Uh, another popular uh, play to some extent in the same range was Chasson Randall. Michael Carter Williams was ruled out. Uh, but 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 Forney and Gordon were in. Uh, I mean, he didn't do like horribly horrible. I mean, he was he was also like he was 3,400, got 13.75 points. Probably not going to cut it in GPP. But we could see here like RB, between RBX and JB, JBC, like completely opposite. <laughs> RBX 88. I don't want any of that cheap crap, right? Cheap chalk, 27% on chalk. I don't want any of it, right? JBC was like, give it all to me. Give it all to me. But you can see with RBX 88, like he replaced the cheap chalk with like other cheap players. Like a lot of times, a lot of times what you do with constructions is when there's like cheap chalk, like really cheap. I'm talking about like the, when you're, when the primary build is going to be stars and scrubs, right? Because once you had Nick, Telekina, I don't know how to pronounce that. Randall, you have both in the same lineup. You could just like pay up everywhere, right? You could, you could play, you could play Westbrook, uh, Randall, I mean, you needed you needed those guys. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Edwards did well, right? He was only eight percent owned. But in order to jam in those guys, you need you need the cheap you need the cheap guys. But most of the time, when you're fading the cheap guys, you're going balanced. Now RBX eighty eight had a bunch of balance uh, some balanced lines, but mostly like Randall was expensive. Like Randall wasn't like eighty eight hundred. He was ten k. So he had a bunch of Randall. He still had Randall. He still had, he had West, he had some Westbrook. But he was filling it in with a lot of like Todd Gibson, 6%. Wancho, 6%. Cameron Payne, 18%. Bogdan, he, he almost put up 10X, 10%. Jalen Noel and Daz Reed. Alex Caruso. Jackson Hayes. I mean, look, Jackson Hayes. Raul Neto. Dwayne Bacon. Robin Lopez. So I did kind of kind of the contrarian of the contrarian move, fading the cheap shock and then replacing it with other cheap value. As we could see here in this in his uh, fourth place lineup, I had Caruso at one percent and Naz Reed at two percent. Now, did it matter at that point? No, I mean because Natilakina put up a decent amount of points anyway. So Alex Caruso could have been. I'll, I'll actually, if he would have played Natilakina. He would have, I don't know, no, he still wouldn't have won, right? Caruso put up 19.75, and Natilakina put up 22.5. So that's another 2.75 points. 2.75, that would have been, uh, I mean, he would have came in third. I mean, right, he would have came, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have got up to 376.75. So yeah, so it cost him five thousand dollars by having Caruso there instead of Natilakina. Natilakina, is it a is is it a silent N or a silent T? It's a, can it be a silent all of them? Are we ever going to roster him again? Does is it going to matter? I don't know. But we can see that. So like, uh, if we go back to the ownership, like we see JBC using him in a bunch of lineups and then paying up elsewhere, like a lot of Ingram. Paying up, people played Michael Bridges, even on DraftKings. I understood him on FanDuel. Like, I got that on FanDuel. 
don't know if these were late swaps or something. I mean, he put up 40 points on both sides. I thought Bridges was more of a fan dual play than a, than a DraftKings play, but I guess it's 7% ownership. I think that's fine leverage. That's fine. So on FanDuel, that Suns prices were too cheap. I understood, like, Aiton. Like, Aiton was much more popular on DraftKings. At least I got that. I didn't play Aiton, but, I mean, I, I get it at least. I mean, the Duds really were Clarkson and Aiton, even though Aiton was in the winning lineup. All right, we take a look here, Aiton. Snowflake in the winning lineup in the shoot-around last night. But, I mean, all but when you have Westbrook, Ingles, Bogdan at, at, at 2% and Michael Bridges at 7%, Bullock, I mean, he had a game. That's a 9X from Bullock, right? You needed Burks. Pretty much needed, you needed Westbrook, definitely. Randall, I mean, I mean, this is, I mean, pretty much the nuts. I mean, outside of eight. So sometimes you could have a snowflake and win, but you need, you need to find where, wherever that leverage is in order to do it. Same score, whistles go woo. Yeah, same lineup. Like not not one of these freak. It's like it's the same exact score, but a different lineup. No, same lineup. All right, no, it, it, it's, yeah, it's the same lineup with Bogdan there, and Ski Basher underneath had Wanch, basically Wancho and Naz Reed, Bradley Beal, West Beal and Westbrook together, and the two Utah players. Okay, you didn't need the cheapies. Like you didn't need Frankie, Frankie Nicotine, or can I just call him that so I don't even have to bother trying to pronounce his name? Frankie N. Like he, he did fine for 3K. He put up 7X, but I, it was unnecessary. People played Moses Brown yesterday. I don't get that. Why was Moses Brown 20% done with Horford back? Put up 14 points. I don't know. RBX played a bunch. Neil Corfield. Play, he played a bunch. Brick 75 played a bunch. Nickelback for life. I, did I miss something? How many minutes were we, we projecting for Moses Brown yesterday? 20% owned? I don't know. Same for like Taylor Horton Tucker. These are like, like what ends up happening is where, where, where someone's a cheap value because people are out and they go off, they put up 10X and then people still roster them like the next gay. Or the next slate, or two slates, and they can until their their ownership goes down. So I would have never, you never rostered these guys at this ownership. I guess some did Moses Brown. I don't know. Papa Gates said zero. The Colts had barely any. But I mean, people had fifteen percent, thirty five percent. I guess I guess it's a fantasy points. He's a good fantasy points per minute player. If he gets the minutes, he gets he gets there. I guess. I don't know. I don't get it. But I, of course, I didn't, I didn't win the shoot around. I didn't play the shoot around, but I wouldn't have won. Going through the YouTube chat a bit. Stephen Martin, Blender, if and when you play Cash MLB. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go off on tangents on this show. Who cares? I thought people were going to explain to me how to pronounce Frankie N's last name. That's what I really want. If and when you play cash MLB, which I will be doing, do you find the optimal for cash once and while in a wild jams in a team stack? If so, do you shy away from that? Not, you, whatever the top median lineup is, I don't care. 
if one if one if, if one team is so dramatically underpriced that they're the best value, then who cares? Then that that's that's the lineup. Daniel Hutchins, life of an MME GPP player. Played eight unique slates across three different sites yesterday. Lost seven of them. Tied for second on one. Total ROI thirty percent. Okay, all you need is one good. All, all you need is one good lineup. That's all you need. Blender, have you ever looked at a player's updated projection and thought it might be wrong, but played them anyway and paid the price? Why would I think it would be wrong? What would be wrong about it? The only thing in NBA would be like, I don't, I don't agree with the minutes, the median minutes. But that's why, that's why I rely on the projections team for doing that. And that, that, that's essentially what I'm doing. How, I'm assuming Andy Means and Noto and Tuttle and all those guys, they know more than me about about how many minutes to to allocate maybe I, maybe sometimes i could be a little bit more aggressive right i could go okay that's around the industry like i don't know like i'll look around and go okay i think we're being a little aggressive but at least i, I have that in the back of my mind but mo almost all the time it's like i'm, I'm going to defer to the people that know more about the sport than i do so what's what would be wrong i trust the model the mathematics of the model i trust so as long as the minutes Right. If you put in that someone's going to play 74 minutes, obviously that's wrong. Right. Because there aren't that many minutes in a game. So yeah, that, that would, that would, that would be a mess up. But I'm not going to have that 30 minutes versus 28 minutes or whatever. Most of the time I, I look at that and go, okay, that, that seems reasonable given the situation. Sometimes, sometimes the, the projections are fragile. The minutes are going to be fragile. You're making your best guess, your best median guess. So for like the like the Warriors today, how many how many how many uh, minutes are we gonna play? How many minutes uh, are the Warriors gonna play? So so like Jordan Poole could play thirty six. He could play twenty two. You could play, you could play the, the, the Mannion could play 16 minutes. You could play 38, who knows? So, I mean, you're going to have to put a middle there somewhere. So that's the only thing, but I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to defer to the guys that know more about basketball than I do. Let's see. People are trying to print it, say it's, it, come on, Blender. You're spelling it out. You have to phonetically, Neely Kina. Okay, so so Jonathan Loriano says it's a silent T. I always thought it was a silent N. I thought it was Frankie Tillakina. So it's Frankie Nilakina. Neelikina. Neelikina. Why can't we just get rid of the T then? Can we tell can we just tell them to get rid of the T? Jonathan Loriano also says, thanks, Blender, for telling us about the DK policy to refund ties and head-to-heads. Had no idea. Completely changes how I approach game selection. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that on DraftKings. On FanDuel, you have to email. But on DraftKings, you don't. So, so if you tie, if you auto-match on, on head-to-heads and you're tied, what do you, wait, wait, 48 hours or so, 24, somewhere, two or three days, you'll get a bonus reward, you know, 80 cents, whatever, whatever the, the rake is. You'll, you'll get that, you'll get that back automatically.
Michael Papadopoulos. Hi, Jordan. Trying to build an ownership projection model. Thinking about storing projected fantasy points, salary, and actual ownership and try to find correlations. I don't know if that I don't know if that's wise. You can't past past ownership is what what does past ownership have to do with today's ownership? Past the past ownership doesn't matter. I mean, if you what's the past ownership on Jordan Clarkson? Yes, the, the, the slate before. What does it matter? It's a different salary, and Connolly was in. Right? Alec Burks is 55% on. What would What's his past ownership? What does it matter? It all depends on what the, 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 the context of the slate that you're currently playing. Why was Chasson Randall, Frank Tilakina, Nilakina, Tilakina, get rid of the T for crying out loud. Like, why are they owned? Like, all, all you have to do is add more value, and these guys end up becoming even less owned or more owned. I mean, I mean, we take a look at like yesterday for some, whatever it, Randall was out also. Well, then everyone would be playing all the Knicks. So how are you going to use that for predict ownership the next slate? I don't think it has anything to do with one another. I don't think you could look at past slates and predict ownership that way. Because it's always going to change depending on the, the I mean, depending on the, uh, the, the, the pricing of the players. I mean, we take a look at FanDuel. I mean, FanDuel, like, yeah, like Kyrus LeVert, I think Kyrus LeVert is probably still too cheap. We take a look at, well, at the optimal on, on FanDuel right now. I mean, we got White. He's probably still too cheap. Wiggins is 5,200. Why? They didn't realize that Curry's not out. So, like, look at all the, the Warriors that are going to be here. Aaron Gordon's 5,400. If he plays, how many minutes do we have him projected at right now? 32? Yeah, if he plays 32 minutes, you're going to play him on FanDuel. But if Aaron Gordon was 7,400, you wouldn't play him. So like, what, what is the past ownership going to do anything in your model for current ownership? It like, it depends. Let's say there were, be- let's say there were better values of power forward then Aaron Gordon's ownership would go down. But on the past slate, it wouldn't, that maybe that didn't exist on the past slate. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you'd use past ownership to predict current ownership, regardless of how much you back test. And it's, it's not related to one another. It's not the type of thing that a lot of people like playing a certain guy. They like playing a certain price, a position in the context of the slate, but the guy, Jimmy Butler, how much is he going to be owned based on the past three slates? Like it depends. Well, what does the small forward position look like today? Can you pay down at other places? That'll determine his ownership more than how many people like playing him three slates ago. No, I don't. I don't and I'm assuming that's what you're asking. I'm assuming that's what you're trying to do, but I don't, I don't see any correlation between that. I don't know. Clarify that for me. I, I, I just don't see what one thing has to do with the other. Why was this guy on this time and not on this time? Well, obviously the context of the slate. Even though if you take the past 50 slates, what, what is that going to do? John Johnson says, hey, Blender, took your advice and trusted the Roto-Grinders projections. I want 100% of FanDuel cash games at a few GPPs by running the optimal and plugging in. Okay, there you go. You trust the math, right? That's how I do it. Just trust the math. Over a long, a large, long sample size. Right? It's not just like, okay, one slate. Well, one slate, anything could happen, right? One slate, ever, anything could happen. Like today's slate, who knows? We're playing a lot of Warriors today, right? Like looking at DK right now. 
I mean, this is the early projections. I so don't go by anything. Let's see. One, two, three, four, four warriors on a 10 game slate. What could go wrong? Jordan Poole, we're doing that. Jordan Poole, Draymond Green, Mannion, assuming he starts instead of a watermaker. Hang up for Harden, I guess. Depends. And I mean, obviously, the news has to come in. Who knows? There's, there's 20 teams on this slate. The Warriors are at least what, what we know currently. Is there, I mean, what, what's the injury report look like? Let's at the salary. I mean, do we have any? We have Wall questionable. Is that going to matter? Does that mean we play Oladipo more? He's 8,300. And Wood's back. So remember, even though Wood may still be on a minutes limit, he's going to take away usage from like anyone else that's on the court for the Rockets. And these Rockets guys are priced as if Wood is like dead. So he's the only Q. Terrence Ross, does he matter? He may matter more on FanDuel. I don't think you play him at 6,500 on, on DraftKings. Is he going to matter for anyone else? So he played more Dwayne Bacon or something? I don't know. Fournier? He's 6,200. So yeah, they're playing that. They're, they're playing Brooklyn. Uh-oh. We don't have that much. Carter Williams. Yeah, I guess the I guess the magic we need something. Something from. OG is probable. Yeah, there's not much. But these this, this, this is when I get the most nervous. There's not much. There's not much on the injury report right now. And you know what's gonna happen. 5:30 Eastern, right? Six hours from now, the world explodes. Injury report starts piling up with people. So we have back-to-backs now, right? Is Washington playing? No, Washington's not playing. I mean, we got Minnesota. Is Towns going to play on a back-to-back? Does, I'm assuming he does. He normally plays. We got some teams on back-to-backs. Is Kyrie Irving? Is, 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 we, have, we, have Irving we have Irving is in. He's not even on the injury report. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to guess. Like DeRozan's out. We got that. Just trying to guess where we're going to get screwed. We're going to have a lot of news at the same time because I mean, really, out of out of a ten game slate, we got two at seven thirty. We got one, two, three, four, five, five at eight, one at nine, and two at ten. So hopefully, we could get anything that happens in these eight o'clock games. We get like any any type of, you know, some guys out, new starting lineup type of thing. We get before seven thirty, and we could like really, you know. Maybe we got the Warriors lineup before lock. We don't have to worry about it. And we only have three games after that. See, this isn't that bad of a slate. Front load a lot of stuff. I prefer that than like, then, oh, two games start at seven and then some two games start at eight and then four games start at nine and then you're just sitting there. Half your lineup is filled out and you're wondering what the hell's going to go on. Just gonna keep on bitching about the NBA DFS until until MLB comes back, right? We got 13 days, I think 13 days to MLB. People in the chat are trying to pronounce Frankie Nilakina, Nilakina, his name, just like Schroeder, right? Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder, Schroeder. Says the double dot, the dots on top, and he's German. Schroeder. Ronald Coley says some team is going to burn us. Just wait and see. Yeah, well, right. We we all know what's happening, right? We've done this rodeo before. We all know what's happening. 
We just don't know who. We just, we just don't know who. Something's going to happen. Butler's going to sit. Something like that, right? He's not on the injury report. He'll sit. Maybe Kemba. No, Kemba already sat. Who knows? It'll be it'll be something. We could we could sit around guessing what it could be, and whatever we guess is going to be wrong. It's going to be something that we couldn't have possibly guessed. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. But I will answer your questions in the YouTube chat. Remember, it's casual Fridays. Casual Fridays. Casual questions. Hit the thumbs up button. Keep my apple juice cold. Genzo in the mix says he thinks Curry plays. Do we even have him in the projections? No. I mean, we always have someone that's doubtful, never in the projections. Yeah, that would that would be that that would be the news, right? We pre- we prepare for the Warriors' value. Then what ends up happening is Curry's play, right? Curry and Oubre, they're both in, right? And then we have to scramble and go, why do we have Nico Mannion in our lineups? That could be it. It could be the reverse, where nothing, no one gets added to the injury report. People started coming off the injury. Yeah, that'll wait. wait, wait. I'd, I'd rather have that. Then most likely you're just grabbing people out of your lineup and just now it's just like less value available. KJ says when MLB gets here, will we be doing 5% of your bankroll in each or 10% in each? 10% in each. I mean, the 20,000 I put in the spreadsheet is just an arbitrary number. 20,000 represents a little over 1% of uh, 10% of my current bankroll. So I'm, I'm only playing 10% of that. So technically I'm only playing about 1% of my bankroll. So I'm very, very conservative. So yeah, no, I will be starting in, in MLC. I have another sheet right here. Didn't start just with all the, you know, the div. I, I can, I can make that so it nulls out, but I'm, I'm too lazy. But I'm, I'll be doing the same exact thing. 20,000 bankroll. And at the same time, right? So I'll be playing basketball and baseball at the same time, but I won't be playing NBA GPPs. I'll be playing MLB GPPs. So no, I'll do it at the same time. Does the, 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 the money is here just for illustrative purposes. I could add a starting bankroll of 30,000 or 40,000 or 10,000 or 5,000. 20,000 seemed seem good to me. Invest twenty thousand and see see what happens. So far, I've gotten one point. I've got one hundred and fifteen percent return over the course of what? It's been three months. Yeah, three months. It's pretty good. Can't get that anywhere else. Well, maybe 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 if you buy some NFTs and you get stupid people to buy them, yeah, maybe maybe you could flip those for that type of profit. Going back to the YouTube chat. Daniel Ezri asks, is leaving 600 on FanDuel too much salary when you have plenty of value, like a 10-game slate? Yeah, why not? If you think that's the best lineup, then that's the best lineup. Who cares? FanDuel pricing is soft. So leaving 600 on the table, 59-4, what's wrong with that? Is the, Does the lineup have a ceiling to win a GPP? Yes, then, then there you go. Then done. You don't have to spend all of your salary. Be more inclined, in basketball especially, be more inclined to spend as much of your salary. Probably not leaving 3000 on the table. 
on a on a ten game slate. On a two game slate, yeah, maybe. What's different in baseball? Like baseball, if you wanted to leave two thousand on the table, that's that that could still be that could be the nuts. Because almost all the batters are going to get about the same amount of opportunities. About, same for the pitchers. So like, you know, the expensive teams. If you have the Dodgers and the Yankees on the slate. And they get blanked. It's like, well, the winning lineup could leave four thousand on the table. You know, the the ace pitcher gets blown up or something, only puts up thirteen points. Like, well, you didn't have to spend eleven six there. So that that happened a lot more in baseball, because if it's event driven, than in basketball, where like kind of time time equals money. Most likely, just raw points wise, that you know, a ten k player, like on this slate, it's very unlikely that on a 10 game especially on a 10 game slate that like like none of these guys that are at 9k or above put up enough points that you you still need the raw points you're not going to see a 3k player that just comes out of the blue and in seven minutes scores 70 points like it, it doesn't happen in baseball it could happen in mlb right $3,200 seventh hitter for some team has three home runs in the game like that could happen. That's re- that's that's realistically could happen. Two home runs in the game, something, and then Mike Trout or Bellinger or Yelich or whatever has nothing, and he paid six thousand for them instead of thirty two hundred. Like that happens often in baseball, in basketball. That doesn't happen that often. The guy, the expensive guys, are going to put up enough raw points that you're not going to instead of playing instead of playing James Harden. I'm going to play. Uh, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave. Uh, 7,000 on the table and plays, you know, someone else. Play Kendrick Nunn or something. And just leave 7,000 on the table. You're, you're unlikely to do that. Harden's going to put up more raw more raw points than, than Kendrick Nunn, like 90 plus percent of the time. Jonathan Loriano, using game theory, what's the best way to approach the NCAA tournament? It depends on the bracket that you're in. Depends on It depends on their... And the point system, it all, it all depends on like how it's scored traditional style. Like when I, when I put in a, in, in office pools, I've won NCAA tournament pools, nearly every one of them. When I did office ones, when I was younger, you know what you do, you, all you have to do is take the top seed and go all the way through. That's it. But those are for small office pools, not for a hundred, 200, 300. I'm talking about it small, 10, 15 people. Because you know why? Because most people tend to put more upsets than will actually happen. And while there may be upsets, predicting which ones, who knows? And a lot of times the bracket, you get more points for the later the later games. So you may get five points for first round, 10 points for second round, 15 for third round. So it's like, if you picked an upset and they don't get there, like you're going to lose about all these points, potential. So to me, I just pick... Pick all the top seeds, one over 16, two over 15, whatever. Just literally every favorite wins. Then when you get to the final four, whoever the, whoever would be the favorites in those, and that's, there you go. Done. But you're doing that game theory-wise because you're assuming that that other, your, your opponents are going to be too contrary based on that scoring system. Now, if it's a different type of scoring system, I don't know. But typically I win by just picking favorites the entire way through. 
I don't even have to know the teams. I, when I when I was uh, doing the poker club, that's exactly what I would do. Oh, we're running a, a pool, whatever, with like 50 people or whatever. I won that just by picking the one seeds all the way through. And, the, and then the, and the top seed won the tournament. So like, what else do you have to do? Everyone else was picking four teams to beat threes. You know, they picked, uh, you know, the the tens to beat the sevens or whatever in that range. And yes, some of them will happen, but you only get like five points for them. Ten points or something like that. Like if you don't have all those, you don't have the final four right. Yeah, great. You, pred- you predicted three upsets in the first round. But you didn't get it. You only have one out of your selections in the final four. I got three out of them. Right? The three number one seeds and some seven seed that got there. Or I have two of them and everyone else has one. So to me, that, 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 but that would be for small contests. You're playing against, you know, 10,000 other people. Then, you know, some outlier is going to win. So now you have to have a different strategy. John Johnson, I've never played MLB DFS. What you, would you recommend a newbie to do if they wanted to get started this season? I currently only have the Roto-Grinders NBA subscription. Well, I'd I'd suggest you get the, the, the combo premium subscription, right? If you can play NBA and MLB, it also includes all the other sports also, other than NASCAR. PGA, MMA, soccer, NHL, everything, everything like that. Click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. I'm not sure if you could get $10 if you're already a subscriber, but whatever. But yeah, so we got cheeses. uh, Dave Potts writes an article long every day for premium members. You obviously got the, got the projections. You don't need, you don't need Cardi's, the bat projections. I, they're the best projections in the industry, but Roto-Grinders projections are pretty good. And then we have tons of tutorials. I don't know. You may, you may have access. If you have an NBA subscription, you may have access to all of Roto Academy as it is. So if you go to the tutorial section on the Roto Grinders videos page, that uh, me and Britt and and uh, cards and cheese and a whole bunch of people, we've we've done like tutorials for the past like two or three years. We go through and the lineup HQ tutorials and strategy tutorials, stacking tutorials. I mean, there's also articles. I mean, I think Noto has done some baseball stuff, maybe. He has some stuff in Roto Academy. Like it's all, it's all there. So you could, you, I, I would suggest reading up on that and watching those videos. But to me, MLB is the easiest, one of the easiest. I mean, easiest team sport out of the major team sports, like compared to NFL or NBA, the easiest GPP one to play. Because pretty much you're stacking, right? If you pick two teams to stack in a lineup, and two pitchers, you can't be completely wrong. If you're playing large field GPP, like on DraftKings, if you're going to do five, three, five, five batters from one team, three batters from the other team, not in the same game. It, it doesn't have, it could be, but it's two teams and then whatever two pitchers fit or whatever. If you made lineups like that. You, you, you're not going to be completely wrong. I mean, do, do those two teams score a ton of runs? Who knows? But as far as the, like the lineup construction, the ceiling potential of those lineups with the correlation, that's how you should be building. So if you go into the slate and say, you know, okay, I'm going to stack, I'm going to, uh, obviously the pricing matters. 
I was like, the better teams are higher priced. He's like, I'm going to stack the Twins and the Twins and the Giants. Five Twins, three Giants, two pitchers, you're done. Whatever fits. Right? Certain teams have certain positions depending on the batting order. Right? We always hate those teams where they, they seem to have four outfielders in a row. It's like it's hard to stack those types of teams. You want those middle infielders and catchers to fill those in. It makes it easier. But that's pretty much what you'll be doing. Obviously, people tend to stack the, the teams that have higher higher team totals tend to be more popular. Very si- similar to any other sport, right? In NFL, when we have a oh, game as a 59 total, pretty be pretty sure the next highest total is 48, that, that game's going to be uh, heavily owned. Some more points are expected to be scored. Same thing for baseball. That's why we have the Rockies, right? When the team's playing Colorado, because the ballpark factor is so big there. Team, you know, when the, the, the game total is 13, the next highest total is nine and a half. It's like, I, I think I think if you're playing in cores, that, that, I mean, the price has come up because of it, but people still stack. Those teams will be popular. The Dodgers have a 6.7 implied run total. Like, yeah, they'll be popular. The teams that are 2.8 implied run total because they're facing, you know, Jacob DeGrom, yeah, probably not going to be popular. It's not, it's really not that complicated. GPPs in, in for baseball, it's a lot of leverage. It's a lot of correlation and leverage. The projection almost doesn't matter as much. Right, Doug Sellier says, I use a combination of Dave Potts's insight and the bat to create lineups. Yeah, that's, to me, that's that's the classic combo, right? Cheese, cheese, right? I mean, he literally he writes like five thousand words a day, every 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 weekday. So Monday through Friday for premium members, and he and he's he's won he's he's won a million dollars twice in baseball, and he's in like he's in like the season long baseball Hall of Fame for fantasy baseball. I don't know if there's, I don't know, but between, between, between Cheese and Cardi, I don't, that's like the two people that know the most about baseball, probably in the industry. And you get that with, uh, with your, your, well, you, you get, you get, you get Cheese with your premium subscription to Roto-Grinders and you get the bat if you want to add it on. I think it's $300 for the year for the bat. But let me tell you, the Roto-Grinders projections are still good. The bat just takes into account like 200 more variables. Brian Bro Broderdorf, Broderdorf, am I pronouncing that right? Do you see value in sacrificing a small amount of median in NBA cash games to increase late, to increase late swap flexibility? Yeah, sure. I, there's value in sacrificing a small amount of median for in cash games for any reason to lower your variance because the medians don't take into account the standard deviation of the players. So if we have a lineup that is at 280 versus 279.5, the lineup with 280 may have the highest medium, but it may have a player there. That's like totally boom or bust. It's like, this guy could score like eight points. Alex Len, there's a good example. Someone whose minutes could be 13 or 30, Right. He's starting, but who knows? 
He could foul out or score 50 points. Like if the 280 lineup has Alex Len and the 290, 279.5 lineup doesn't have Alex Len, it may be more beneficial to play the slightly lower projected line to limit your variance. You're sacrificing a half a point to lower the variance of your results. If you find that worth it to do, that's I think that's perfectly viable. That's a lot, a lot of cash players, that is what they do. So if you see late swap flexibility, I there's maybe you sacrifice a half a point for that. Maybe that's fine. I've done that in football before in NFL. Get more information. Go if like the difference. If I there's a, a small difference, a tiebreaker between two wide receivers or something. I mean, a lot, many times I would just choose the late ride receiver. The difference is 0.1. Because I can now take a look at my lineup, how it, how it has performed in the one o'clock games, in the early set of games, and then be able to swap. And now I have a 2v2, 3v3. Do I have to make up ground? Do I have to block in cash games? You get more information. But I'm not going to purposely play later players that are much lower projected just because they're later. How much sacri- how much projection sacrifice are you willing to make? Probably not that much. I'm not going to sacrifice three points for that. But you, you could consider it, yes. Jonathan Loriano says, I hate Coors Knights in MLP. No, I love them. I love Coors because I usually don't play Coors. Usually I've... I play I play cores when cores isn't owned, which is it's rare, but it happens. It happens some slates. You get some gas can, some like very well known gas can on the mound, and some other some other game. You know they're playing in Cincinnati or something or in Fenway, another like good hitters park, and it's like oh gas can versus whatever, and then everyone's playing that. And then cores ends up becoming under owned. Doesn't happen that often, but it does happen. Ronald Coley, are you likely to include the catcher in the state? Typically, there in MLB, there aren't many good hitting catchers. There aren't. You get like a Gary Sanchez, and he strikes out all the time. JT Real Muto, Yasmani Grandal, there, there aren't many of them. So when it comes to like anyone that uh, all the other catchers are kind of like just whatever. So why would I be playing a $3,200 one-off you know, Drew Butera or something versus a $2,700, some other, I mean, they're all, to me, they're all interchangeable. So why not get the benefit of correlation by having, if I'm stacking a team, I'm more likely to use the catcher, no matter where they are in the batting order. I don't care. Just if I'm not, if I'm not paying for a premium catcher, I'm more likely to just use whatever correlates with the rest of my life. Because the differences between those catchers are going to be so marginal. Then why am I going to play a one-off? Why, why, why? I'm stacking the Dodgers. Okay, there, you throw in Will Smith or whatever. You're stacking the Twins, you throw, like maybe in a Mitch Garver, there's another one that can hit well. Sometimes he doesn't play. But whoever the catcher is, right? Jan Gomes, right? We have that for the Nationals. You play him a lot. If you're stacking, you go, Soto, right? You're playing Soto and Kendrick. It's like, well, I'm already playing the Nationals. Jan Gomes is batting seventh for like 3,000 to throw in. 
Either that or I'm paying up for like Real Muto. If I'm if I have the Phillies, if I have a Phillies three man or something, then maybe you're playing playing the I don't know. He's I don't, is he on the Phillies anymore? I don't know. I don't pay attention to who's on what team until like the day before the first slate of the year. So I have no idea what's going on. But yeah, but that that's the main reason because but outside of the premium catchers, all the rest of the catchers pretty much project virtually so close to each other. But what what type of choice am I making? Just make it easier on myself. They're the fifth guy in the stack. That's why when people ask me on shows or anything or in the Discord, well, what do you like at catcher? It's like whatever goes along with the lineup, man. Catcher sucks. A lot of times shortstop does also. Second base and shortstop, middle infield. Depends on the slate. Sometimes you get good ones. Sometimes you don't. Then you look and you go, you know, why am I paying up at second base? It's like Max Muncy and then garbage. So it's like, if I'm not paying up for Max Muncy, it's just gonna, whatever second baseman's in the stack. Or it doesn't matter. If I'm playing Nick Madrigal or whoever on the White Sox or some ninth hitter, Danny Mendick. I think he was that, some, someone like that. Then whatever. That, that is what it is. Ronald Coley asked, okay, that is a better question with FanDuel. Yeah, FanDuel, you just don't play the catchers. <laughs> the catchers go under-owned on FanDuel. FanDuel's pricing is also softer, so you don't necessarily need to punt. But yeah, FanDuel has the catcher first base position. So you're unlikely to use catchers unless they're the premium catchers. Like the Remutos and Grandals and Sanchez's and those guys. Plus you have a utility spot as well. But no, typically the, the crappy catchers aren't even good hitters. But on DraftKings, there is a catcher spot. You have to roster, roster a catcher. And typically on DraftKings, the salary range is wider. So on FanDuel, you'll have like 2,000, like 4,500. On, on DraftKings, you'll have like 2,500 to 6,000. So like a $2,500 catcher on DraftKings is much more of a punt than a $2,000 catcher on FanDuel. That's why you'll see with the softer pricing on FanDuel, you're not going to be playing that many 20. Oh, this guy is, you know, oh, it's 2,100. Like Jake Cave for the Twins is mispriced on DraftKings and he's 2,400. Like 2,400 is half the price of a $4,800 player. And a $4,800 player isn't even an expensive player when the cap is like 6,000, 6,200. You get a $2,000 player on, on FanDuel, he's half the price of, of Mike Trout, of like the best players. I'm not, it would be, it would be the same as like if a $3,200 player on FanDuel. So like the low price players on DraftKings when they start getting like under 3K are much more of a punt. So with the catchers, especially if I could play a $2,400 catcher and he's not much different than a $3,400 catcher, then why not save the thousand? Put it somewhere else. FanDuel, you really don't have to do that. I mean, it's very similar to NBA, right? The FanDuel pricing in NBA is soft. You're rarely playing. I mean, I mean, look, look at yesterday's slate. Uh, look at we look look Frankie N and and Chasson Randall were both 27% owned on DraftKings. On FanDuel, they weren't chalk at all. You didn't have to play these guys. Joe Ingles on FanDuel, I think it was 4,400 yesterday. Alec Burks was like 4,800. I mean, like Clarkson was under 6K. Like you could fit, you don't need these guys. You could fit everyone that you wanted. DraftKings, you can't. 
That's why in DraftKings, the punts are much more viable, even in, in, in MLB. Coney Dog says, seems you would more, off, more often leave salary on the table in MLB then, depending on the team that you're stacking. Well, it's, it's not more often or less often. It's just that it, it's not as much of a concern. Depends on the size of the slate. I mean, in MLB, we get a lot of big slates, 12, 13, 14 game slates. But I don't necessarily go out of my way. Like in in in, uh, in like the build rules or whatever, like my salary slider on DraftKings is typically like at like 49 or something. Something like that. I don't mind going under. It depends. And like I said, it, it's all slate dependent. Maybe I'm stacking a lot of cheap teams. Maybe I could leave 2,000 on the table in some lineups. So I'll, I'll, I'll adjust that. I'll adjust that slider. A lot of times you have a pitcher to pay up for, you know, instead of leaving 2000 on the table and playing a $4,000 hitter, I'd rather just play Mookie Betts, right? I just rather give me, give me Christian Lee Elledge. They're going to project better anyway. So the only time that I'm leaving money on the table is just when, when it so happens that the, when the stacks come together, that they, they only spend 49 two or 48-8. But even then, you're not necessarily always stacking 5-3. Just do 5-X, 5-1-1-1. Then those one-offs, I'd rather, I'd rather have Mookie Betts than some 4K hitter. In the long run, that'll work out. Okay. Casual Friday. It's casual Friday. What are the Warriors going to do? Is Jordan Poole going to be chalked out because of his last game? Is that what's going to end up happening? 4,500. I mean, he played, he played, what, played 24 minutes. Only played 24 minutes, but now Curry's out, out. Because Curry was in the last game. It's just that Ubre was out. Now they're both probably out. So we have him projected for 30 minutes. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah, I guess you got to play Jordan Poole. But you never know. He could, he could end up playing 22 minutes. We, we, we don't know. But yeah, this, this looks like to be Warriors Day. Wiggins, Mannion, Green, Poole. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Stacking stacking the, 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 the Warriors on the road against the Grizzlies. Didn't you see, like, without Curry in the lineup, they're, like, the worst team ever or something? Like, that their offensive efficiency, like, is, like, three points worse than the worst team. Like, they go that far down. So don't don't be surprised if you play Warriors and they dud. Right? Don't be surprised. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens today. Let's see what other shenanigans happen. I ha- You have to think there are 20 teams. Got to be shenanigans happening. Maybe it's going to be that Curry and Hubre end up playing and then just get rid of all that value, that quote value, quote, air quotes. So hit that thumbs up button, the like button on your way out the door for keeping my apple juice cold. Hit the, hit the subscribe button if you do. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We'll be live. Grinders live is at, because uh, we have a 7.30 slate. It'll be 6 o'clock Eastern for Grinders live. With Dean and someone else. Be someone. It was Grant yesterday. I think I got it right yesterday. Be someone. Someone on with him. Maybe one or two people. 
And then we got the premium show, Crunch Time, Andy Means, Kevin Roth, someone else. <laughs> someone else with them also, probably. Uh, that's for Roto Grinders premium members. You get sign up for a Roto Grinders premium subscription. Click on the link in the show notes. Get $10 off your first month. And then you got, if you want to, if all the concepts that I talk about are in my course, the theory of daily fantasy sports, the 15 hour audio masterclass, theoryofdfs.com. Teach you how to think like a professional DFS player. 15 hours. Here's the table of contents. Here's the chapters, game objectives, player selection, expected value, leverage, correlation, construction, risk management, exploits, psychology. All the stuff that I talk about on this show. It's all in one spot. Structured education for you. Gotten so many. Look at all these testimonials. Looked at, looked at all of them. Get tons of email. Oh, I finally learned how to play. Been playing for five years. Haven't won a ding. Haven't won a dime. Been a losing player for five years. And I took your course and a month later, it's like, oh, I actually, I'm actually making money. I'm actually, I'm actually doing well at this thing. Right. It's a math game. Learn the math. Learn the game theory of DFS. Doesn't matter what the sport is. NBA, MLB, PGA, doesn't matter. Same concepts. Just obviously different sports have different, you know, priorities in the concepts. The variable, variables mean more. We want to get that overall extensive DFS education, 15 hours of audio. You listen to me. And, and this will be this will be valid like five years from now. Like this is evergreen. You can listen to it multiple times if you want. This won't go out of style. As long as DFS exists, this, this, will, this will have value. So go to theoryofdfs.com. Pick that up, right? Even Meat Plow says it's a good class. Right. If Mr. Plow, it's 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 plow approved. It's meat plow approved. Mr. Meat Plow likes it. So that's all the only testimonial you'll ever need. So let's see what happens today with the Warriors. Let's see what other shenanigans happen. And uh and, and I, I get I got two days off on the weekend. Great. Right. There's not even any soccer tomorrow. Or there is. I just I don't think I'm gonna play there. There's some small slate or something. I get to sleep late, get to sleep late, but I'll be back. I'll be back on Monday with, with James, right? Monday's with McCool. Getting ramped up for MLB. Can't wait for that. And then, you know, you know, it's going to end up happening. Two months into MLB season, it'll be like, can't wait for NFL. That's the way it always goes. It always, you got it like two months and then you just got, get sick of it. NBA has just been a headache. MLB probably not so much, but I don't know. They'll find, they'll find a way to be a headache. But no matter what, I'll be here. As I always am. Mondays through Fridays at 11 o'clock Eastern to help you guys out on the DFS pregame show here on rotogrinders.com.